All right, let's, uh, let's get into this word. Uh, we've been talking about this faith, uh, so we'll uh, get back into that. It's so, such an interesting week, if, uh, but before we get into the word, we have, uh, uh, let me see, James is in the back, Jeanette's right here, the barber's over here, Rhonda's right there, Miasia, where's she get? She got to go with the kids, right? All right, well, those particular people, you can stand up real quick, the people I just named. Uh, and then, of course, Pastor Melanie is somewhere around here messing around with the kids. Knowing her, she's around the kids somewhere. She's creating an atmosphere. Yeah, that, that confirms what God's about to do. Uh, but these wonderful people, uh, uh, I forget somebody. Oh, uh, where's Gwen at? Didn't I see it? Just a little bit. All right, well, Sister Gwen also. So uh, we, we, we spent some time on Friday at the, don't tell me, don't tell me, Woodhaven Rest Home, right? Woodlawn? Close. Woodlawn Rest Home. Okay. Woodlawn Haven Rest Home? All right, so I, I just forgot the lawn part. Like y'all be forgetting uh, Ayers Christian Center. <laughs> so we even, right? Um, but we spent time there ministering to the seniors there uh, uh, doing a Bible study. Uh, this was our second week. You know, we're going to do it every other, every other week, at least for right now. But really had a great time. Everybody, uh, James actually uh, led the word this week and then everybody else shared some inspiration. And then um, uh, we also had uh, Jeanette's grandmother. She's 95. She's 95. She shared, you know, if you, you know, if you go on the social media, you'll see her, uh, that power that went forth with her. And then uh, we also had, uh, there's a bishop. She's a bishop? She was, she was a bishop and pastor that was there. Uh, she's 98. And she shared, you know, so, uh, and this is the thing, like, so, you know, a lot of times when we're ministering to, to uh, you guys be seated, I don't want y'all standing the whole time I'm talking. Uh, like, thank you, these heels, <laughs> right? Uh, but uh, a lot of times when you're dealing with seniors, well as youth and children, a lot of times we have this mistake of judging a book by a cover. There's hearts in there. And if we're just obedient and be led by the Spirit, the Lord will have us ministering to the heart. You know, a lot of times we're waiting for, that's why if it's all about, you know, uh, somebody cheerleading for you or somebody going, oh, that was sweet. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's the only time you can have power to minister. You're going to be in trouble if you go into those arenas. You know, because the bishop, even last week, she's just sitting absorbing. Right? She's just sitting there absorbing. That looking like she sleep, but she was receiving. And actually, uh, two weeks ago, even her daughter, who's in there also, uh, she, she, she didn't have a, hey, this is exciting. But as I, when I was talking to her at the end, she was so impacted. And then my wife talked to the bishop, and one, you know how Pastor Mel is, once she get to you, 
you know, she was like, I believe she got a word for us. Boy, she went on a roll. She, she, 98, she not only spoke with power, but then we on the way out, she's singing and everything. So I don't know if you caught all that. Did you catch that? Yeah, so it was just, it's just a great atmosphere. And we, you know, all these layers of things we do, whether it's Bible study fellowship, going to uh, uh, the nursing home uh, combination of the, the Never Forgotten uh, senior citizens ministry, which is underneath Kingdom Kindness Outreach. Um, that's what it's about. And I'm gonna tell you something else. When were you in these atmospheres? So this is a, a message coming up. You know, your uh, uh, hold on. Your your press grants your access. Did you hear that? All right, because you inspired the message. All right, so so. And what's so interesting is when you press and you start to do these things that's uncomfortable, get out of your normal flow, something happens. Because I'm going to tell you, LaBarber, LaBarber got up there and was speaking. And LaBarber articulates herself well. Like, I mean, I don't know, between her and Venetia, you know, when they're, when they're writing something out, um, you know, it could be a book. It could be a wonderful book. They they get they draw you in. You don't even know they're they, it's written out. Only time you know it's written out because they're reading it. But but it doesn't sound that way. But it's something about and what we try to challenge people around here to do is to just flow and flow with the spirit. So in other words, prepare yourself, but then offer that to God. Let God use you. And the barber, see the barber, she couldn't bring no script because James just called her up. You know, and man, you, you could just see what God was doing, wants to do, and will do in her life. But that happens when you get in an atmosphere where there's a demand on the gifts, right? And so for us, it helps us to assist people into what they purpose to do. Like if you, if you haven't been cooking around here, it wouldn't, nobody would know you cook. So let's say you just came in and came out. And, you know, people... people beating each other up just to get your food now. I know one person in particular at my house. You know, she fixed her a meal the other week. And I was like, oh, so we doing this now? Like, she was just like, she wasn't even thinking about me. You know, just, I had to go for myself, you know. Uh, but she was, and, and she ate all of it. Like, like all of it, you know. What'd you say? Uh, eat the meat, throw away the bones? Yeah, so, yeah. You can see the bones, so you know she ate the meat, right? But, but I, you know, you know, just watching everybody flowing the gift and, you know, I, when I'm on Bible study fellowship in the morning, listening to the people share, Trina and Karen, and just the, the wisdom and the insight that comes out. So you know what people are doing because they're actively participating. They're pressing. So that's is granting them access to the things God's doing. So don't blow these things off that we have available. We're just trying to... Is what our mission is. We're equipping ass for the kingdom of God, but we're just trying to get people in their fit and their purpose so God can use them. But you can't do that being isolated, okay? Now, I know nobody's trying to be isolated, but, but sometimes uh, we, we can get so caught up, we lose. Like, we're so in a rush to get to, we're skipping over the preparation to handle it when we get there. Right? So, so, you know, we talked about this in um, Bible Study Fellowship on Friday. Sometimes you got to step back, man. Allow the preparation so you can handle what your gifting is going to produce. You know, sometimes we're so in a rush because we know we're gifted. Hey, I'm a, I, 
you know, you know, I don't hoop, but I stopped by to tell you, I remember that line. I always remember that line. I stopped by to tell you, you are gifted, but that don't mean you can handle what your gifting is going to produce. So you think the delay is because you can't. No, the delay is not because you can't do it. The delay is because you can't handle it. And so God is trying to get you some things, and that's what we do here. We're trying to prepare you for purpose, you know. All right, you know, that, if, that, if that one situation or that one church or that one relationship or that crisis you're in, if that's enough to stop you from pressing, you ain't going to be able to handle what's coming because there's going to be a whole lot more stuff coming out at you. It's going to be a whole lot more people trying to betray you and sabotage you. There's going to be a whole lot more people uh, uh, misunderstanding you, uh, you know, hating on you. Oh, so, so those twos and fews you're dealing with now? That ain't nothing compared to when you go to the platform God's sending you to. So that's what the delay is for, right? You know, if you had an opportunity to do something and you didn't do it the way you thought you was going to do it, you know, you like, it didn't go over well. You didn't speak as eloquent as you want to. You couldn't remember the, thought you, the things you thought was easy, and it just never really got off the ground. Good information, but just, you know, you didn't sense no power, you sang the song and nobody did nothing. Well, why, why were people crying when Gerard was singing? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, when you go through all that, well, it's going to be at a whole nother level the next thing, the next level you're going to. Like, if you sit back and waiting for the perfect situation, you ain't ready for the next level because you don't get a chance to have perfect situations. You get a chance to have only the situation. And you got to jump in and let the Lord navigate you through that. Remember, he sent some of the disciples out without script. He says, when you get there, it'll be told what you're supposed to say. That was his first training. Before they came back, he said, now let me prepare you for these, these, these demons that are at another level. You know, he sent them out with, after demons. Well, they, they weren't even, they ain't had no training. Because the, the number first training is how to flow. How to walk by faith. That's first. Now we can give you all the intellect and all the knowledge. And what we do uh, in the Bible school, uh, um, we talked about the principle of the uh, first mention, you know, just learning how to understand the scriptures. All that stuff is, you can know all that stuff. And if, if you can't trust God, walk by faith and, and not by sight, that stuff ain't going to work. You just got a bunch of information. All right, so that's not what we what I plan to talk about, but somebody needed to hear that. This is, I call this, uh, this week seemed like it was vision and purpose week, right? Vision and purpose week, right? The whole week, uh, it's just, it's been powerful. All right, so let's get into this message and I'll, I'll just bring us up to speed. So, uh, Hebrews 11, let's go to Hebrews 11. Uh, just a slight review before we get into this faith. We're talking about this faith. I don't even know if people even teach faith no more. Like, you know, it's almost like, I mean, I want to talk about faith. That's, that might scare somebody. <laughs> Would you say people teaching psychology? Yeah. That aren't psychologists? Right, okay. So people are teaching how to manage or, or how to hold on to stuff and navigate through it as opposed to walking by faith and getting rid of it, period. Is that what we're doing? 
Uh, that's not what we're doing, but is that what people are doing? All right. I had nothing to do with the teaching this morning, which was powerful on how to manage your emotions. All right. Y'all need to go back and look at uh, Pastor Mel's teaching 915 on how to manage your emotions. I thought, thought that was powerful. I don't know why nobody talked about my comment. You know, you have to be playing me. Yeah, so. Just be, you know, I'm only, I'm just the pastor of the church. I, I'm just on the team. All right, so let's go uh, verse one. Now, now and we're going to lock here on this, this first part. It says now faith. Now, the interesting thing is when people start to read, they start with faith. They always say faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But that's not what the scripture said. The scripture says now faith is the substance of things. So there's a kind of faith we're talking about here. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? And so the, uh, uh, the New American Standard Bible says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. But it's still saying now faith. The message says this, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith. So now it's, it's, it's communicating that now faith is this faith. It's the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's, it's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguishes our ancestors and set them above the crowd, Right? All right, so we said this week we were going to talk about this faith or the noun faith, and we, we never at this church ever talk about faith without talking about our four pillars of faith um, that we discussed in our foundational class on living faith. Now, the first one is Romans 12.3. Uh, Romans 12.3 says, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. And we talked about last week that that measure is that faith, Right? Right, so it's that faith. So God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then Romans 10, 17, we don't just want this measure that's inside of us sitting there dormant, just dwelling, right? So it says we want, that we want it resurrected because we need to use it, right, Stella? So we don't just need it sitting inside of us. Hey, you got faith? Yeah, I think God got it in there somewhere. When's the last time you used it? Ah, it's in there. I, yeah, I, you know, but I got it. Because God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So if you got faith, I got faith, everybody got faith, right? But we don't want it just there. We want it to coming to the surface. So the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or faith comes by understanding and understanding by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. So, so, so that word goes in. When more words you pour in... It, it, it starts to make that faith rise to the surface. I used to do a, uh, you know, way back in the day when I worked with youth ministry, I used, to, I used to bring a, I used to do this prop. So I used to bring a big bowl of water and, and I would have like a uh, Coke bottle or a little Sprite bottle, you know, little skinny bottles. But I would put an ink pen cap on the inside. And so I would ask them, well, how could you get the ink pen out? ink pen cap out without touching the water. And so what I would do is take the bottle and submerge it in the water. Now, so now the bottle submerged in the water, so the water goes inside the bottle, and what happens to the ink pen cap? It shoots to the top, but, but it can't be half-filled. It has to overflow, right? 
And so, so, so if, if that inkpen cap represents the measure of faith or that faith that's in us, well, it's not coming to the top because we read a U-verse scripture. It's not coming to the top because uh, uh, we read more than we read before. It ain't coming to the top till we fill ourselves up with the overflowing of the word, right? Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, right? So we have to fill ourselves up with the word. So that faith, that measure of faith rises to the top. But then we talked about this. Ms. Lamar talked about it in his prayer this morning. But he also talked about it when he came to, to welcome. That faith, once it comes to the surface, it's activated by love. Galatians 5, 6, faith worketh by love. Now, we look at love, and, and love includes kindness, but it's on behalf of someone else. See, sometimes we don't move, we don't press, we don't do things because we're going through stuff, right? But Jesus heard that Lazarus died and he acted on love right away, right? He walked around healing folk and somebody close to him, he heard it died, right? When, when things disappoint us, we shut down when we should be moving in faith. If we lose something or someone, we should be moving to help somebody else gain life and get someone, right? But a lot of times we're so busy thinking about us, which is the adversary's flow, he's trying to shut down our ability. Well, I can't do this because I'm going through stuff in my relationship. That's exactly why you should be operating in love, right? Hey, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna help somebody else's relationship heal and so since I'm faithful in that, which is another man's, God going to give me my own healing relationship. So how many relationships are you going around healing when yours is broken? Right? Because see, faith worketh by love. Right? Not favorable circumstances. Right? So you see that? All right, so, so then uh, we said... Once the faith is activated, we don't just need faith in the moment. You know, sometimes we conjure up enough faith to get through that moment or that situation. Oh, no, 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 no. We want faith operating all the time. The Bible says it just shall live, live by faith, right? And then uh, let's go to Romans 117 because we kind of, uh, we emphasized something last week, so I want to make sure we hit it. So that's our pillars. You know, you have a measure of faith. Uh, we want that faith to resurrect or rise to the surface. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Once it rises to the surface, we need it activated. And so that faith works by love. And once it starts to work, we don't want it just for faith moments. We want a faith life. And so the just shall live by faith. All right? Uh, Romans 1, 17. I just want us to read that, put our eyes on it. As Trina would say, it says, for, there, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed, look, from what? Faith, faith to faith, right? And so you should remember we said revealed from that faith, that measure of faith, to this faith, right? That now faith, right? And then it says, as it is written, the just shall live by faith, right? The just shall live by faith, right? And so, so as you can see, there's a level of faith that you, you're going from 
and the level of faith that you're going to. You're going from that faith to this faith. We talked about it uh, last week. So that measure of faith is that faith within us. We all have that faith. Most of us have never tapped into this faith, right? We've had that faith. So you see, the, the, our, our graphic here is Jesus walking on water to the boat, right? Now, that's this faith in operation, right? And, that, and, and, and this faith that was needed in the moment, there was no advanced information. There was no uh, uh, weather report. There was no uh, newsreel. It was just God saying, your boy's out there on the water. And so immediately he operated in this faith and started walking on the water, right? And in that same moment, he goes to Peter and, and you know, they, they see him and they say, oh, 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 this is a ghost. He's like, no, no, it's just me. Peter said, well, if it's you, bid me to come. Now, now, in this moment, Peter has that faith to even ask the question. But he operated in this faith when he stepped out on that water, right? But then he saw the circumstances and he was tempted to go back into what? That faith, Right? Because, you know, once he saw the storms, but then he called on the name of Jesus. Jesus grabbed them, picked them up. They walked back in the boat. He was operating on this faith again, right? So, so you know, I mean, Jesus is not the only one that walked on water, right? Peter did it twice, right? So, can we walk on the water in our life? The insurmountable circumstance that it seems to be, can we exercise this faith, Right? When would you need faith? If everything was so favorable, when would you use it? If everything just went perfectly, why would you even need faith? Right? Why do you think God gave us faith? Because he knew things would come at you. He knew things would come at you for your gift. Right? Remember we talked about last week. Let me see if I'm... All right. I'm going to be patient because I was about to jump ahead again. You know, I... It's in me, so I could just, <laughs> I could just spew it out. But I, I have to be patient so the breadcrumbs will be easy so you guys can um, be able to articulate your, this your, yourself, right? Our, me- our measure of that faith has to be in the atmosphere where the faith can manifest. Ms. Lamar was talking about that in the welcome. He says, well, we want to get to a place where people don't have to be, uh, come to the altar, go on the back for prayer, and then get filled with the Spirit. He said, we want to be at the place where the, the atmosphere is so charged up because we're all in agreement, like the day of Pentecost, and people are sitting in their chairs getting filled, right? I heard you, right? Right? And that's, that's, that's an atmosphere. Um, and that's kind of the atmosphere we want to be in. So I was thinking about this. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Now, we're talking about this faith, crossing over to a whole nother level of faith. And you know, what I, I was saying this, and, and obviously I don't, I'm not around a bunch of churches, but I am around a bunch of people. So being around a bunch of people, and I talk to people all over the country, all over the world, and I, when I'm talking to them, I'm like, I, okay, I'm saying this respectfully. I'm saying, how is it that you have no faith? Because my thought is you got at least a measure of faith. You're a Christian. Right? So, what makes you different from anybody else? Faith. Remove faith. We stuck just like everybody else. We hustling just like everybody else. The only thing that gets us out of the hustle is faith. Right? We stuck in the insurmountable circumstances just like everybody else if we ain't walking by faith. 
If we're waiting for, the Bible says, he that studies the wind shall not sow. So if I'm only going to move to give based on favorable circumstances, I ain't giving. Because there ain't going to be no favorable circumstances. That's why God gave you faith. To see beyond the circumstances into the spirit realm and to see the manifestation of something that hasn't happened yet. Right? So it's, it's faith. And so when I'm talking to all these people around the world, I'm like, hmm, what are you exposed to? And is anybody sharing faith with you? Because this is all about faith. That's the, like, we believe, we believe in a God that we can't see. How do you, how, I heard, uh, thank you. Like, I heard, thank you. Like, I heard, he's trying to lose his voice up there. Right? Right? Why is he doing that? Where is he at? Who are you talking to, Gerard? Where he at? He got to see something. Right? It's faith. Why do we come to church? If we're not going to use faith. Amen. Why are we even talking about God? What you, oh, what you waiting on then? What you waiting for? Because if you ain't going to operate in faith, get up. You don't need to wait. Because ain't nobody coming. Ain't nothing coming. If you don't exercise faith. Matter of fact, you're going to find yourself keep going through the same cycles until you exercise faith. See, the thing is, the world's trying to get you stuck in a stupor. I need to get these people to conform. I don't need them to transform because if they transform, they're going to walk by faith and not by sight. See, what happens is he's hoping you break down, give up, and try to be like them. Instead of growing towards harmonizing with him. It says it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he appears, we shall be what? Just like him. Not like them. Mm -hmm. But the whole culture is trying to train you to be like them. Mm. So you can't be like him. When you're like them, you will be accepted, but you won't have no faith. Mm. And after a while, you, listen, every, listen, some of us are older. We done played the, well, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's them. We done followed them, act like them, walk with them, did everything they told us to do, and still wasn't accepted. Bait and switch. Did everything, and and, and they snuck behind and betrayed us because that was the goal the whole time. Just keep bringing you in. Oh, come on in. What? They ain't talking to you right. You come on with me. You don't have what you need? Come on, we'll hook you up. Give you a piece of candy. To steal your inheritance. All because you didn't want to use faith. But it takes faith for you to be against the very gifted people that God sent in your life to get you to your purpose. You alienate all of them because you decided to conform to people that don't care about you, don't know you, and can't see what your purpose to do. How they going to help you? Right, all right. I got to stop coming down there. I just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, we're in a whole nother direction. <laughs> My wife's like, come on back down here. Get down here. You get down here now. Right? All right, 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verse 4. It says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. 
Look, look, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So this faith is a demonstration of power. That's what this faith is, right? See, that faith uh, is, has to go through a test or a trial to bring out this faith. Right? Uh, first, 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 Peter. <laughs> Ms. Ms. Lamar brought that spirit up here. <laughs> All right, so First Peter 1, verse 7. First Peter 1, verse 7. This is a great uh, uh, scripture. Uh, it's a great little passage, you know, to... Read through when you have time. Well, you know, just for this, for clarity. Oh, man, this is a lot here. I'll just start at verse 5. It says, who are kept by the power of God through, through what? Through faith unto salvation. That's wholeness. We're going to get into that in the, the message on in consideration of the whole coming up. Uh, ready to be revealed in the last time. It says, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, though now for a season, verse 6, if, if need be, you are, look, look, if now for a season, if now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, right? So, so for a season, you're, you, it seems like you're going through a lot. But a lot of times we take seasons and we turn them into lifetimes. Because, if, see, if you just stay stuck in that faith, when you're going through the test of betrayal, misunderstanding, uh, uh, failure, you, you know, how many of us ever failed before? Let me see how what y'all going to do here. Oh, so you got some people that's never failed. That's amazing. All right, so... so the thing is, when you go through these different uh, misses or failures, like when you go through these things, it's not a, it's a failure in the moment, but it's not a failure life. Yes. It's supposed to place a demand on the measure of faith in you for you to rise above it to gain more momentum and strength of faith. So now you convert what you went through to work out for your good, yeah. Right? That's why it says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to in harmony with his purpose, right? And, and the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, it says your light affliction is but for a moment in time, but worketh for you a far more exceeding weight of glory. But see, we can't see the glory if we don't put on our faith lenses. So we'll just see the affliction in the moment. And then instead of exercising that faith to cross it over to this faith, we'll let the circumstances magnify. We'll start to focus on the moment, magnify it, and now it becomes our life. When it's supposed to be a moment to place a demand on our faith, test to see if we're going to use our faith even though the, the moment of affliction look crazy, we, we're, we're going to see through it to God's way out. You see that? Because we know all things work together for good. As opposed to now, you know, most of us that get tempted into compromise is because the circumstance hit us or because we make a mistake or because we blew it, right? Or the situation seems insurmountable. Not knowing that, 
oh, this is what I'm supposed to use this for. I saw a movie a long time ago, I've shared it, called The Game. It's a movie with Michael Douglas. And uh, his brother was like, you know, this guy's worked all the time. He's always busy, 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 busy. So his brother said, man, listen, he said, he, he, he said I noticed you're kind of vibrant. He said, man, I went through this thing and it really helped my life. He said, so I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to buy you uh, an opportunity to participate in this, this, this thing. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's called the game. And so he's like, yeah, whatever, okay. Well, he said, well, I already purchased it. So he didn't really think nothing of it. So this day, I'm not going to give you the whole movie, but he gets a flat. And when he gets a flat, you know, he opens up his glove, the apartment to look for stuff, and all these keys fall out. And he's like, what's all these keys for? Uh, then he's in another situation where he, 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 he opens up a suitcase and he sees a handle. He's like, what is the handle for? And so a cab comes get, and gets him, picks up the cab. And so now the cab driver's driving like 100 miles an hour towards, I guess it's New York, but towards the pier. And he said, hey, man, hey, you're going too fast. And the guy doesn't say nothing. Then the guy jumps out the cab while the cab is moving as fast as it can towards the pier. He's like, hey, what's going on? So he goes to get out, but there's no handles. So he goes inside the water and, you know, the, you know, the thing's filling up water, but he's trying to get out. There's no way to get out. And then he, he couldn't roll down the window. But this is old movie, so there wasn't no push button. So he, he's trying to roll down the window, but there's no, there's no handle to roll down the window. Then it hits him. Goes in his pocket, he pulls out the handle. It fits perfectly for the window, and he gets out. But through the entire movie, he kept getting into situations, but he was already getting stuff, but he didn't know where it applied until he got into the test or the temptation that was going to place a demand on what he had. So you have this, that faith, this measure in you, when you get into these situations, you're supposed to reach inside and go, that's what that faith is for. Now I can convert it into this faith to get out of this situation. You see that? All right, all right, just want you to think about that. Because sometimes we're, oh, what's going to happen? Well, you're going down if you don't operate in this faith. <laughs> that's what's going to happen, right? Right, so, so that's why we got to get our faith ready to handle these things. Uh, it says uh, that the trial of your faith, verse 7, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, it says, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, this is interesting. You're going through a test that's trying your faith that's more precious than gold, that when Christ shows up, you're going to have that faith that you were given, you were a good steward over it, it converted into this faith because, see, when Christ shows up, you got to go with him. Now, now why, is that, why is that so big? Think about this. The scripture says in John chapter 1, I'm giving a lot of audibles, so y'all ain't going to have all this. Right? <laughs> They're back there going, where's that scripture? <laughs> right? So, so, John chapter 1 says he came into his own and they received him not. So, do you understand Jesus is coming, but you understand Jesus is going to show up and some people are like, man, get out of here. I ain't going. <laughs> I don't believe it. Because we are so busy, paranoid, and worried, and not trusting, Jesus himself could show up and be like, mm-hmm, yeah, you got to prove it to me. I'm like Thomas. We're your, we're, your, we're, your, we're your little pokes and the holes in your hand. All right, you got to do, do a miracle. All right, I was a miracle. Do another miracle. 
All right, that was a miracle. Do another miracle. Well, well how did I know that? That was a miracle, 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 miracle. Do another miracle. Everybody gone, and you sitting there, in the moment you need this faith, you're questioning the very person that's coming to take you to glory. And some of y'all say, I wouldn't do that. Really? You're already doing it. You're getting his word. He's, he's, he's affording you all types of stuff. You can't see it because you got to look through faith lenses. You ain't in a terrible situation. That's not insurmountable, Lou. You just got to put on some faith lenses to see it through. I know the through match with Lou. I, 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 yeah. You know, Newark, New Jersey, you know, the rap days. <laughs> All right, so this faith has to be tried by the word, right? By God's word. You know, Psalm 105, 19, right? And, and let's go to Luke 13. Let's go to Luke 13. Because I, 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 I think, not I think, God, now you've been around this church. God gives us advanced information, correct? So James, why do you think he's talking about this faith? You think we're going to need it? Do you think we're going to need it soon? How about, you think we're going to need it now? <laughs> right, right, right. So, 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 so lock in and pay attention because something's coming. Something's coming is going to look like what you don't want, but on the other side of it is going to be what, you, what you've been believing for. Now, if you don't not operate, if you don't have your faith lenses on, you won't see it. You'll, you'll see the circumstances and run away. But if you have your faith lenses on, you're going to run too. You're going to be like David. You're going to be running, run, you're going to be running at that situation with just a stone. Something that seems like it can't get you out of the situation. All I got is a stone. Oh no, if you, if you attach this faith to that, <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> you have what you need it's just you got to attach this faith to it, all right? Does that make sense? All right, so Luke 13, verse uh, 11. It says, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. It says, and was bowed together. I mean, she could barely even move because of what she was dealing with, Right? It says, and could no wise lift herself. She couldn't even stand up straight. It says, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately, when? Immediately. Now. Right? She was made straight and glorified God. Now, the interesting thing is something had to happen within her because Jesus could have showed up and laid hands and she could have gotten her head and be like, man, why are you touching me, man? Get away from me, man. See, because this is the thing. Like, you come to church, you know, you know this, this, this situation is, you know, happening around here. You know, people come up. Remember, um, uh, Cinnamon came up and something just started happening on the inside of you. You remember that? <laughs> right? But she was dealing with some things in it. Uh, internally, right? You know, 
uh, you know, we, we know Stella's story, stage four cancer, stage three cancer, uh, stroke, right? Like all ty- type of stuff, you know, like Stella was like, show me another miracle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She was like, all right, you, you healed me, but I don't know if I want to be all, all, all in. You're going to show me something else, right? So, so the Lord said, really? You want me to show something else? Are you going to want to go through what you need to go through to see faith again, right? So just keep, just, you just need to stop. That's enough. You know, I told you, now it's time for you to use that same faith, right, to make sure everybody else is healed around you, right? But you got to walk in this faith, not that faith, right? Yeah, you got to get out of here, right? You got that? You got that? So, you see, that's a setup for what's about to happen this week. All right, so, 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 but see, he just, he just talking. See, again, you got to hang out around heirs. There ain't nobody just talking around here, right? And this is the thing. You know, we pray for people. People fall out, stuff like that. Man, they ain't really fall out. Well, come for yourself and see. Hey, but don't come in, with your head. Come with your faith. <laughs> come with your faith. Show up with your faith and see what happens. Come floating. Don't come all in here. I'm in the service, sitting in the service. I told the story before, and, and the man of God started praying. And there's people running around the church all over the place. But I felt, uh, uh, me ages downstairs. But I felt, because uh, he was talking about lately, uh, uh, like tingling in her body, right? And so I was, I was this thing tingling all over me. And so, but I'm sitting there, I'm just sitting there, but, but you know, it was a packed house. So my head said, it's too many people on my left and my right. If I was on the end, I'm probably like, I'm just going to go run too, just to get this off of me, you know? So I didn't move. So the man of God comes back up. He says, see, when the, when the power of God is moving, he says, he says, it's like a, a, a river flowing. He said, but you don't get wet looking at it. You can want to feel wet. You can think you're going to be wet. You got you to gotta, you gotta step in. He says, so when you see that power going, you got to jump in by faith. So you got to take that faith and then convert it to this faith and get in. And something will happen when you get in. And so, I, you know, again, you know, because I'm a cerebral thinker, I thought, okay, that makes sense. If that ever happens again, I'll do it. Figuring what? The time has passed. I mean, I ain't got to apply this stuff. I just got to agree. To, I hear what you're saying, bro. <laughs> and soon as I made that statement, the whole place just started to, like, people running and jumping. And one thing about me, my wife would tell you this, I'm a man of my word. And I'm an obedient person. Like if I, if I recognize there's a situation of obedience, I'm willing to look bad. I'm willing to look like a fool. So I said, well, I said I was going, I said I was going to move. So I just took a step. That's all I did. Now, remember, it's still seven, eight, nine people in front of me. Man, I took a step. My feet started going like this. I was like, what in the world? And the people was trying to get out the aisles like a traffic jam. They were trying to get out, like, get like, what's wrong with this guy? Let's get out of here. So when they got out the aisle, my body shot out of the aisle like it was a cannon. And I'm, I'm all over the church, and, 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 and my arms is like this. 
which is not cool. I'm from Newark. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, you got to have some type of, you know, you know, something to your run. You know, like, you know, you, you cross over, take the shot, and you got to, you know, something like that. But you don't be, yeah, come on, Josh, we don't do that. Hooping, you know, you make a shot and go, <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> you don't do that, right? We be like, <laughs> you know, something, you know. But man, I look like uh, uh, Pinocchio or something. <laughs> and then I saw, I saw, I'm going to take off running. Because what happened, I came down the aisle and the pastor's wife saw me. She cracking up. Because I'm like this. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm trying to explain. But every time I open my mouth, I'm hysterical. I couldn't even talk. So I get to the front and I fell out. Right at the man of God's feet. They continued the sermon. It was like, I'm on my back with my feet up like this. He preaching. I would have never done that. This is, this is thousands of people. I would have never. They had it on video. I, I would have never done that. But <laughs> why y'all laughing? Y'all weren't even there. <laughs> but the, see, this is the thing. We're so busy thinking about us, how we look and how we feel. We don't operate by faith. Right? And, and so that's day one. Day two, the man of God, Kenneth Hagin. He walked down the aisle, and he stops where I'm at, like he was looking through me. Like, now he's preaching, and he, he gets, what? Like he saw something, and he's like looking through me. So he goes to pray, and he's praying. See, I wasn't even planning this, but God is. So he was, because remember I told you we were going to see that video, right? So, so he's, uh, he's praying, and he goes to the aisle. He lays hands on this person, the whole aisle fell down. Then he lays hands on this person. He ain't lay hands on everybody. Like dominoes. They just kept falling. They kept falling. So now, I believed in the spirit of God. I seen people fall. But I'm a math guy. So when he got like seven aisles from me, and I, because uh, I, because this, this service, I was sitting kind of, kind of where Stephanie and Gerard is sitting. And so when I got, so let me see, you got four or five seats over six. Six, seven. Gerard is seven. See how it works out. And so he got like seven for me. So I'm triangulating. Well, if that person felt it, how come I ain't feel nothing? Because, you know, based on a quadratic, quadratic formula, you know, I'm like, like angles and stuff. Like I'm at the same distance. I was like, man, them people just fell on their own. That dude got to eye aisle. Before he even laid hands, a wind shot through that aisle. Like, if you saw me on camera, it looked like, it was like, I'm, I'm not making this up. I was like, what in the world is that? And we all felt like dominoes. We go out to eat, no, we go to get in a car. I, I put my hand on the door, I just start laughing. Then I just couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> then she's still laughing. Couldn't stop. I get in the car. I put on the windshield wipers because I'm crying. But I put on the windshield wipers like because I couldn't see. Get to the restaurant. It's time to order. Every time I open my mouth, <laughs> it's we want. I, I couldn't stop. But it started with me walking by faith, right? Access. Okay. All right. Interesting. I see what you're doing, God. I see what you're doing. And I'm in total agreement. All right, so 
See, what we're trying to do is make an exchange. All that faith, which is that Bible faith, you know, uh, y'all sitting on those chairs by faith, right? I ain't seen nobody come in and go, uh, could you give me the specs on this chair? How long has it been here? Uh, could we measure the weight to make sure it can, it can support me? No, we just sat down, right? Some of us might have got here, we drove over bridges. You know, we didn't, we didn't Google how long the bridge been there, if it will support you. We're just driving over the bridge. It could collapse. But we're not questioning the bridge, but we're going to question the bridge. Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing how we do things, right? You know he's the bridge, right? To get us back to that supernatural realm, right? And so, so that human faith, we're trying to exchange it for this faith, this Bible faith, right? And why? Because we all have an appointment with some, some phenomenal supernatural things. Like God hasn't forgot about you. God loves you. Right? So there's something coming. You have an appointment, but will you have your faith at the appointment? If your appointment is next year, will you still have faith? If it's 10 years from now, will you have faith? 10 years? All right, so, so we went to a church and I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I think we talked about this yesterday. I'm kind of, uh, I know God's trying to do more in my life than just me going to church. You know, study the Bible, read the Bible. I used to say, because I was pursuing professional basketball, so I was like, all right, I'll play basketball for a couple years, then I'll go to seminary school just to learn more about the Bible, which was a lie. I'm going to school because I know there's something on my life, but I ain't going to tell you that because then you're going to hold me accountable. Wednesday's teaching, right? So, so we, we uh, come to the church. Uh, uh, and they had a five-fold ministry classes. You know, it was basically just talking about if you got, you know, remember our gifting and calling class we have, which is really our Bible school now. You might as well call that gifting and calling classes. Right, so I'm in there, and, and, and he was talking about this man of God that was at a church for 17 years. And then they sent him out, paid him for two years, started this church, brought him back after a, a year or so, uh, did an offering, of about $80,000, and then they, they released him, you know. So he transitioned. He didn't break out. He transitioned out, right? So when I heard the story, I was like, 17 years. Now, I wasn't really trying to do nothing, but I was like, whatever God's going to do with me, it ain't going to take no 17 years. You know, all the stuff I done went through, oh, yeah, it'd probably be like four, five years, you know, because I done been through a lot in my life. You know, I done been through craziness. Most of the stuff... I cost. I'm not talking about the stuff, you know, obviously I didn't put myself in a foster home, but most of the stuff I cost. And, but I'm trying to grandfather that in. It's like, oh, no, 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 I already, Larry, I qualify already. Because you look at this, you see all I went through? I'm not looking at the qualifications that it takes for me to fulfill my purpose. I just figure any mess I've gone through should qualify because it hurt, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to rock and roll, right? Maybe like four or five years, four or five years. I was at that church for 18 years. Longer than the other guy. And he left with being paid for two years. I was paid for three months. They brought him back 
gave him $80,000, I ain't been brought back at all. <laughs> Keeping it real, I don't know if I'm coming. <laughs> if they, I, don't think, I don't know if they want me back. But what I'm saying is, I, I went through my process. <laughs> That's not true. Rather, you know, they'll, they'll probably bring us back. <laughs> right, so she said, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. I, I didn't do nothing. I'm just falling with the gifts. What I'm saying is, is, is it wasn't on me to determine what I needed to go through. But I had to have faith no matter what I had to go through. And I had to hold on to that faith, that faith, to make the exchange at my appointment, right? You got, you got me so far? And, and so we need our faith to endure, right? We need our faith to endure, right? And, 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 and when we say we want our faith to endure, it's sustain its power regardless of drainage, to always be working when turned on, to not be weakened at all, right? Now, how do we do that? Love is the answer. So interesting, you talked about that in prayer. It's like, he all in the message, right? <laughs> but love is the answer. Why? 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, love endures all things. See, the reason why we can't endure nothing, because we don't love nobody but ourselves, which is not love. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? See, we start to move in love. Like, there's a lot that comes at me and my wife, you know, because we're trying to save lives for the kingdom of God. Wow, listen, tremendous amount of things. You, 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 you'd be surprised. But, you, but, you, but what helps us navigate through it is love. And that keeps our faith strong to see past what's coming at us. See, Jesus was able to endure the cross because of the glory that was set before him. But it's bigger than that. Jesus didn't do nothing for himself. He only operated in love. As soon as we start thinking about ourselves, we leak out love, right? And see, when you leak out love, now you can only see what's coming at you, not the glory is going to produce. You panic and you compromise, which is not faith at all, right? See, see you have to have faith if nobody's coming, I believe God. If nobody likes me, I believe God. If nobody understands, I believe God. Amen. See, that's when you, you're being tested. Can you hold on your faith? When we're young, we, 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 we just be throwing away our faith because we don't care for it right. Right? When you're young, well, you know, we want to be liked more than we want to sustain our faith. Right? Now, sometimes I say when you're young, but some people have not matured beyond that because they're still operating um, and caught up being keeping up. So, so we got to operate in love because uh, verse 7 says, 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, love endures all things. Verse 8 says, love never fails. Never fails. So, it, see, because this faith is an enduring belief. It's, 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 faith in general is an enduring belief. It's not just faith in a moment. It's faith to exchange at your appointment for what God has been setting you up for a long time. See, he thrust you in the earth realm, which was uh, sold by Adam through sin. And so, uh, 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 4 says, 
the, the God, the little G of this world, the God of this world has blinded the minds of men through unbelief. Amen. Right? So, so, so he knows you're going to come into a world where, where you're shaping iniquity and sin. You're going to be clouded and dark. You're going to be tempted to walk in fear. So he says, but I got you covered. I'm going to implant something in you. That was the first chip. The first chip was him planting a measure of faith. And if you allow the faith to, to be strengthened and grow, you're going to be able to navigate through anything. You won't just quit and give up. Like we carrying around kryptonite. We carrying around crazy relationships. No, good. why that person don't love you? Why? But why would you settle for that? You know what, you know what Christ is saying? Like when you're frustrated, he's going, how is it you have no faith? When you get into the situation, how is it you have no faith? When you, when, when you sell out, where is your faith? You don't have to settle for that. You can have this. Where is your faith? I put you on a platform to share to people and you got all in your head, start worrying about what you were saying. Where's your faith? Why would I give you the platform if I didn't want to use you? Why'd you still take the reins? Why didn't you have faith in me? I was going to give you everything you need. I gave you the example in the Bible. When you get there, what you need will be given to you. Right? We talked about that this week. Right? So, again, we talk about it's not faith moment. So, it's not a that faith moment, but a this faith life. It's not a that faith moment, but a this faith life. Let's go here. We talked about this last week. But let's go to Luke 22 in the time that we have left. Luke 22. Listen, if we embrace this, see, because we were set up for this. We don't talk about the loopholes. We, like we, we don't talk about all types of stuff, right? Uh, treasure time. You know, we, the guy, we, we were set up for this. But, and, and it's in the strategic timing, you know, coming out of the, 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 the end of the first half of the year and going into the second half of the year. It's a setup. All right, so Luke 22, uh, we, we talked about this last week, but I want to jump back in on it. It says, uh, verse 31, Luke, Luke 22 Verse 31. It says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, he's talking to Peter. He says, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as we break you down to a grain. Right? Verse 32. He says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. So he says, he's trying to break you down. But Jesus said, I'm praying for your faith. So he's saying that Satan's trying to break your faith down, right? He's trying to break that faith down so it'll never convert into this faith, right? He's trying to break that faith down so it'll never convert into this faith. And then he says, and when thou art converted, strengthen our brother. So he says, you're going to have to go through these tests and trials that's going to test that faith in you. To get you to a point where you're walking in this faith, when you walk in this faith, you're in a position to go strengthen your brother. If you go try to strengthen your brother and you're still stuck in that faith, they're going to get you to conform. You'll never transform. So you'll be, going in, you'll be going in to get them out of the quicksand and you'll fall in. See, some of these situations that people don't played you, betrayed you, you were supposed to save them. 
but you weren't walking through this faith, so you couldn't see their hearts and see their need for you. You was looking for their acceptance of you. When it was never about their acceptance of you, it was about, it was about, it was about, how can I say? How can I get it? It was about you saving them, right? We're around a whole lot of people who ain't saving them because we, we, well, I don't want to say this. They're they going to think I'm too Christian. I don't want to say this. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to think I ain't cool no more. Who cares? Save their lives. <laughs> and uh, it's not about, no, no, that we said love is what helps that faith not to fail, right? Greater love than no man has than this. They'll lay, then, then they'll lay down their life for a friend. Now, I ain't trying to be light. I'm trying to save lives. Right? But it takes faith to do that, right? See, when that faith has been exhausted, this faith kicks in and sees us through. You know, it's, the, it's that faith tested and tried. Let's look here at Luke 17. Since we're in Luke, let's go back a few chapters to Luke 17. Just want to give you some scriptures to meditate on, right? And so, so again, we're trying to, we're trying to, sometimes we think faith is just faith, but obviously there's levels of faith because Jesus wouldn't have told his disciples uh, when, when the storm was going, where, why is it you have no faith? Where is your faith, right? And then here you can see verse 5, 17 verse 5. Look, it says, an apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you, you might say to the sycamine tree, uh, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. So he says, it only takes a mustard seed faith to do that, right? So, so again, that faith, uh, again, may trust the chair, the doctor, the business venture, etc. This faith trusts God. Because when he was talking and walking them through, he's walking them through and he, they went to get fruit from the, uh, the fig tree and it had leaves like it had produced fruit, but there was no fruit on it. That's what happens to us. We're existing, but we're not produce, producing fruit. So he cursed the tree, said, you're not fulfilling your purpose. No man eat fruit thereof. So they walked away. They come back by later and they go, whoa, the tree that you cursed is dead. He says, no, 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 no. Have faith in God. He said, don't have faith in what you saw me do. Have faith in where I pulled from to do it. Right? So, so again, this faith trusts God. Having that faith in exchange for this faith's healing, this faith's deliverance, prosperity, this faith's faith resources. All right, so let's go to Mark 5. You know, we're going to end probably with Mark 5 and Mark chapter 9. All right, but let's, let's do Mark 5. Again, we're talking about this faith, and, it, and faith is an enduring belief, and you have to be able to outlast some of these tests and trials of trying to break down your faith, so you have the faith to exchange at your appointment. And there's an appointment coming with all the blessings, all the favor, all the things you're believing for, all your dreams manifested, but if you let your faith wither, You'll talk yourself out of it. You'll run from it. You won't even see it, and it'll be right in front of your face. Okay, so uh, Mark chapter 5, verse uh, 25. We'll walk through this. It says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood for how long? 12 years. 12 years. 
and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So in other words, she used that faith to spend everything she had figuring the physicians would heal her, right? It says, uh, but it grew worse. It says, and when she had heard Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. Now it says when she had heard because Jesus had been in the town already. And he came into town and he recognized all the sickness and disease, but he originally said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. But while he's on his way to destroy the works of the devil, he sees people dealing with stuff and says, well, let me, let's take care of some of this sickness and disease and healing right now. So he healed everybody that was around him, but he's like, man, we're going to be here all day. Let's go to the source. So he goes, he said, let's go to the other side. That's where the headquarters was of the demon activity, uh, Gardenians or wherever the, I might be saying the name wrong. So he goes over there. But when he left, think about it. These people had never seen healer. All these people healed. The woman was in that town that he was at that people had got to healing. And people were running up to him at that time, touching his, his, his garment. So what happened was he goes to the, the town. I've, I've shared this before, but what She's probably like hearing everybody, what's going on? Man, that guy came in town. I got healed. Well, how'd you get here? I remember you couldn't even walk, man. I just touched him, man. I just touched So she's like, man, I saw everybody running to him, but I didn't have faith for that. So I was like, man, man, I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe that. But I see guaranteed results here. If he ever come back in this town, I'm getting my healing. So Jesus goes to the headquarters. That's when he ran into the, the young man that had 2,000 demons, right? Cast those out because he's trying to take care of it at the root. Says, let us go back. You study for yourself. He said, let us go back to the other side. He goes back into town. Let me see how this took. When he comes back into the town, people like, they're waiting on him. The woman heard, oh, he back in town? Oh, if I could just touch him. If I could just touch him. Right, so, so you have... Uh, uh, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, she didn't say I'll be healed. She says, I'll be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So you can know you're healed before you leave the room. Right? And it says, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtual power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, thou see if the multitude thronging thee, say if thou who touched touch me? Like, everybody touching you. He said, no, 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 no. There's a lot of people touching me with that faith, but somebody touched me with this faith. And, and, and he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith or this faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So she wasn't just healed. She was whole. She wasn't just healed. She was whole. That faith may get you healed, but this faith makes you whole. All right, let's go here to, we're going to end here with Mark chapter 9. Making good time here. Mark chapter 9. 
verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Right? I believe, help my unbelief. So he's saying, I believe that which I've seen. Help my unbelief. So he's saying, I believe. So I have that faith to believe what I've already seen. He says, help my unbelief. That means this, help, help it to cross over to this faith so I can see what I've never seen. Right? And, and that sometimes we only have faith for what's already happened. You know, or what's happened to someone else. Because God's no respected person. He did it for them. He could do it for you. But what you're going to need coming up is this faith. To believe some things can happen in your life that you've never seen. Right? If every move is only what we can calculate, we're going to be stuck in that faith. We'll never cross over in this faith. That faith believe, believes what's possible. What has happened. This faith believes all things are possible what's never happened. That faith says, he did it for you, he'll do it for me. This faith says, he'll do it for me even if it's never been done for no one else. Right? And so the Bible says, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith? 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Right? And so, again, there's things coming. You prayed. God heard you. You're, you, 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 you said, I can do, I, I, you've seen things, signs, wonders, and dreams. You've seen miracles. Uh, dreams are shaking you uh, at night. Like, like visions are, are, are plaguing you when you drive, right? Because God's trying to show you what he can do. He, it's all those visions and dreams, people speaking into your life. It's placing a demand on that faith so we can rise up into this faith. But we're looking for uh, favorable circumstances. Well, I'll, I'll operate in faith when the circumstances are favorable, but doesn't, you don't need faith for that. You need faith in the midst of the circumstances. You know Jesus could have walked on water in a nice sunny day, right? You know, they've been like, whoa, this dude's walking on water. No, he purposely walked on water in the midst of a storm. It was on purpose. Because he was showing us what we can do in the midst of storms. If you look at a lot of the things Jesus did, they were insurmountable circumstances. Because he was showing us what we can do. Man, don't let that stuff intimidate you. Just use your faith. You notice when the, the, the boat's rocking and shaking, he's back there asleep. They say, Master, Master, don't you care that we perish? He, first thing came out of his mouth, he says, where's your faith? Another version says, how is it that you have no faith? So he's saying, even if you had mustard seed faith, you could calm the storm. You don't even need big faith for that. And you weren't given that, this faith for the storm, those are obstacles. You're not given that measure of faith for, for obstacles. You give it to manifest stuff into the earth realm from the heaven realm that people have never seen. That's why the Bible says you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That's why the scripture says, 
pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. How is that going to even happen if we don't operate in faith? The circumstances, we're supposed to be looking past those. We're supposed to go, oh, well, you're supposed to stop me? Man, I'm not wasting my faith on you. See, we, you know, you know uh, in a lot of the movies, they'll, they'll a guy have a gun and they'll throw a can over here. You know, hopefully you be in fear. Right? Bah! Bah! And then they throw something over here. Bah, 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 bah. Then they, they run, bah, 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 bah. and then they, then they step out in the open. It's like, oh, so you going to step out in the open? He said, yeah, because you ain't got no more bullets. That's what the adversary, the false evidence is being real. He's trying to get us to use faith for nothing. The scripture says, don't look at the things that you see. Look at the things that you can't see. Things that you see are temporal. Man, don't let that stuff intimidate you. Hold on to your faith to, for the proper exchange. So what you see is right on it. How you're going about it is what's messing things up. Because you got to go about it by faith. No, not by risk, by faith. By risk, it's not by faith. Right? And so God is trying to get us some things, but we're going to have to operate in this faith. All right, that's all. Stand on your feet. Hopefully that helped you a little bit. We don't have to be here long to, to get what God wants us to get, right?